You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. You know how bad it's going for the Cardinals, Doug? The Giants swept them in their home stadium. Hey-oh! That's the first time it's happened since 1998. The Cardinals have had two losing seasons in the last 25 years. 1998, like earlier in the century. I can't remember the date, the year now. But uh, so it's been a long time since the Cardinals have looked this bad. And it's been kind of a long time since the Giants have looked this good. See how I... Whoa, look at that. I didn't even expect to get into that transition. The Giants, Doug, they're folding in talent. The talent pipeline is flowing. The the, the talent must flow. <laughs> the talent must flow. It's it's going to make you do every... It does everything. Sorry, I don't re- actually remember what Spice does. Everything. <laughs> it gets you high and also does does Interstellar's travel. Yes. That's what but- Luis Matos is going to do. But alert, Giants fans, we have a full Dune situation going on with the Giants roster right now. They they have called up Luis Matos. I've been calling him Luis Matos. I don't know why. It's the the Luciano uh, mispronunciation had to land somewhere. But Luis Matos, who uh, is not their best prospect, but is the one who's been absolutely tearing it up. We talked about him last week. And he, he basically was hitting too many home runs, Doug. They, they were like, okay, the next chance we get where he can play every day, he's coming up. And then Mitch Hanniger has Mitch Hanniger luck and gets yeah. hit in the arm and fractures his forearm, which might end his season or it might knock him out till September. It's a little unclear right now, but uh, he's on the IL and that gave uh, Matos a chance to get in there and come up and he got a single in his first at bat and he's play. He plays a great center field. It's all worked out for the giants. Everything turned up uh, orange and black despite Hanniger's black and blue. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point of building depth so that when a guy goes down to injury and uh, as much as you want to call Hanniger injury prone, I mean, a baseball hit him and shattered his bone. Like, I don't know. That's That doesn't seem like something that your body's just doing to you because it's breaking down. It seems like that's just a baseball that hit the wrong place. But, you know, the way you weather that is by having prospects, just like shoveling prospects, seeing, you know, maybe one of them would be good. Uh, maybe more than one of them would be good because one of them's already good. Uh, Patrick Bailey's already good. Um, and just, you know, do what you can and you know, he came up, he got a single in his first at bat, he scored a run in the first inning, and uh, and it was, a, it was a nice debut for him. What I liked, because I haven't actually been able to see him play, like watch him in a game, is maybe it was just the euphoria of getting the call up, or he's just, because he had six home runs in his prior six at bats, uh, he had a certain swagger to him, not in a way that was like, who is this guy? But like, wow, look at this guy confidently coming up and walking the walk effectively, not coming in being like, wow, I'm in the big leagues. He's like, yes, I'm in the big leagues. Here we go. And I think just that, that fearlessness uh, really is sort of that extra 2% that you look for when you're hoping a prospect can break out. Cause you're right. The whole design uh, is so that when a guy goes down, they can bring someone. The key factor in the 
bring in prospects, fold them in and improve your depth all the way around is ideally you're getting someone as good or better than the person that they're replacing, which is a, a tall order when it comes to someone like Mitch Haniger. And it's not a one-to-one replacement, obviously, but you know, for a 21-year-old, the ceiling is high. There's excitement, the performance in the minor leagues coming in. This isn't a, a, a 27-year-old, you know what I mean? Like a hitter who's like finally put it all together in the in AAA for the Giants, as we've seen so many times, it feels like. Um, here's like, no, here's a guy who's doing well in the window where players are starting to figure out if they're going to be something or they're just going to be filler, that kind of thing. And I don't yeah, mean to it, disparage Mitch Hanniger, by the way. I just want to make that clear. Just bad luck that he's had injury-wise for his career, which is not like a skill. It's just bad luck. So anyway, I just want to make it clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, we all remember the sort of outfield prospects of a few years ago when the Giants were like, let's give Jarrett Parker a chance for a while. And you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Matos is sort of what he represents is that the Giants have gotten better at developing prospects. Real prospects just keep coming up instead of the, you know, the 28-year-olds who you're like, well, you know, he finally had a good year, so I guess it's his shot now. And then he comes up, doesn't do that well. And uh, sorry, Roger Kieschnick, for name-dropping you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are remembering some guys, apparently. Uh, And then, you know, they go away and the Giants still don't have an answer. So... Luis Matos, I, I don't know how it's going to go for him. You know, maybe major league pitchers will figure something out that AAA pitchers couldn't. Or maybe he'll uh, be the greatest player in baseball history. I think 50-50 shot, pretty good odds. I'll take I those. think getting a, a hard hit single on his first at-bat really does prove he's going to be the best ever. That's fine. It's fair. No, but I, exactly that's exactly right. You already mentioned Patrick Bailey, which we kind of could spend a whole episode just talking about Patrick Bailey because – he's doing all the stuff you dare not speak. <laughs> and, and, and so in such a, he's played fewer than 30 games, Casey Schmidt, you've highlighted his struggles, but he came up and kind of stormed out of the gates. I I'm very interested. He looked pretty good in, uh, in Wednesday's finale. He looked okay. I should say, uh, I really do wonder what's going to happen if they're going to just let him sink or swim. They do have the luxury of giving these players some time to develop. They're in third place. You know, and it's not like there's other wild card contenders right now who are set up to run away with it or anything like that. But we're, we're skipping one other person. Keaton Wynn also got his debut, Major League debut on Tuesday. He got a four inning save. I think he looked really good. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I'm I guess I'm skeptical of all prospects still from the Giants. And this is I wrote about this. It's like I think we have to just kind of it's happening. We're in it. And uh, and so now it's not like greet them with skepticism. It's greet them with like, let's see what they got. Let's go. And uh, when was sent down, he did. He fulfilled his role of eating up some innings. But just again, it's not a luxury. It's it's a goal fulfilled mission accomplished. Hang a banner. He could hire an aircraft carrier, <laughs> park it in McCovey Cove, and drop the mission accomplished banner. OK, you know sure. what? That would actually be cool as hell. I would be very <laughs> into that. You were right. You're absolutely right. We don't know if this batch is going to be the batch that takes off, you know, and and is the next core. We don't know. But right now, all the indicators are green that this is this is the right course of action. These this is the right group to be doing it with. 
We've already seen some tentatively that it, it's kind of working, the transition from minors to major leagues, which is no sure thing. So we'll see going forward. It, all It's all optimism, which I can't believe I'm saying. I, did you hear it was hard for me to actually spit that out? But that's what it, that's where yeah, we're at. I didn't I didn't know you knew the meaning of that word. Maybe you just made fun of other people who use the word. Is that how you knew it? I think so. Yes, I did. I did not learn it uh, through experience. I learned it through other people for sure. So the Giants are 36 and 32 right now as they are uh, tomorrow. They have the day off and then tomorrow they're going to play the Dodgers. Cool. But before we get into all that, what? <laughs> uh, Let's real quickly touch on something that's that has upset me quite a lot. It's heartbreaking to me. And Doug, you've already done. You've already said all that needs to be said. There needs to be some bleepity bleeps happening to some people. <laughs> I'm talking about the Oakland A's ownership and their grand design to abscond with the A's uh, to Las Vegas which that has already reached. They've reached uh, basically a tentative agreement with the legislature in Nevada. I think it's almost a sure thing to go through now after the, the governor agreed to some concessions that are, you know, kind of bullshit that they look good and they'll probably for a few years, they'll help people. And then those will get chipped away by laws and future budgets by different legislatures. But guess what, Doug, the stadium will still be there. The revenue from the stadium <laughs> will still be going just to the team. They will have special tax exemptions. They won't have to pay for the maintenance of the stadium. A question that was never asked was how much the the county or the state or whoever is in control of the stadium, what the annual exp, uh, like upkeep of it is going to cost. They're also um, on the hook for they're also on the hook for all future renovations. And they get no profits from parking and concessions and tickets and ad sales, just like every other stupid scheme. Yeah, it uh, it sucks shit. <laughs> uh, it, it always sucks shit. It's uh, publicly financed sports anything is bullshit. Uh, it's a symbol of the decline in our society. And it really is just absolutely bizarre. All these legislatures all, who are just lining up to just hand over money to someone who will absolutely take a shit on them the first chance he gets. Maybe even before that, maybe he already has a giant bag of shit that as soon as the deal officially goes through, he's just going to dump on their heads and be like, welcome to the next 30 years. Uh, because there's no, there's no better tomorrow for the A's. The A's don't care. I mean, A's fans, the current A's fans care about winning. New A's fans in Vegas? Are they going to have new A's fans in Vegas? I don't know. Right now, the, the major league team is terrible. The minor league te the minor league system is terrible. I don't know how they compete because John Fisher isn't going to spend money on them because why would he? He doesn't have to. He already has a new stadium. The, there's no incentive for him to do anything right. There never has been. And so now he is just screwing over Oakland uh, because he's an asshole and he wants some money. And so he wants the free move. money. He wants <laughs> free money. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't that, want to work for it. He doesn't yes. want to invest and get the sure money you get from putting his own money in and then getting more money out. He just wants someone to throw cash at him. I also want that. I'm just not already a billionaire, so I can't get it. All that to say, you know, what can we do? Well, we saw it. The A's fans put together a reverse boycott 
uh, the other night. It was beautiful. It got attention and people were fighting to get into the stadium because the pieces of trash around the team have made it really difficult to even just get into the stadium uh, to even have a halfway friction. It's a friction filled experience. It's there's far more friction in getting into the stadium and watching the A's than there is in him getting money from Nevada taxpayers. It's ridiculous, but a beautiful thing happened. And that is effectively all we can do at this point is we can come together and we can complain very loudly. And sometimes <laughs> we will shame. There will be a person who has a capacity for shame and they'll respond to it. And sometimes you will see these vessels of greed and sludge and filth and the worst of humanity, human stains like John Fisher. And they will, they will have no, they'll be impervious to shame. Now, Greed. One last thing about this. I think when you hear like greed, there's a lot of people out there. It's like, what's wrong with a little greed? <laughs> I, I think that what, you know, we see so many people online that are quick to defend ownership and, you know, cite against unions for any strike action. People complaining about why are they even bothering with this reverse boycott? Like, what's that going to do? It's not going to do anything. And it's like, and what's wrong with making money off of baseball? It's whatever. It's a kid's game. You know, the players should make nothing and the owners, who cares what they make? It's their, they're the ones with the risk. My thought is this. We do all agree. Too much of anything is a bad thing. And right now there is no dial on greed. The, the knob has come off. The knob on the stove, Doug, is off and the, and the flame's just going and, and the, the kitchen's filling with gas. And uh, it's, it's all pretty, it's pretty dire right now. But Ace fans, uh, their fervent uh, support of the team my entire life is the thing I know most about the A's. And uh, to see it come through one more time was really fantastic and really touching to me, uh, someone who has no heart. So congrats to Ace fans. <laughs> I mean, it, I will say it kind of reminded me of last year's Giants team because, as you'll recall, if you listen to the previous iteration of our podcast, uh, we would occasionally discuss moral victories. <laughs> and uh, this was a moral victory for A's fans where they showed, you know, how how they're passionate and they care and they can support a team as long as the team cares about that them. And uh, it was an actual loss because that team is moving to Nevada no matter what they no matter what they do no matter how they act no matter what uh, John Fisher had his mind made up to get the hell out of Oakland and that's what he's going to do it is a damn shame can lay the blame squarely at the doorstep of major league baseball's owners which kind of on the same day an issue came up that we'll talk about I'm sure down the line where one owner rolled out of bed one morning and he had a he was able to talk to the commissioner and he was like all of a sudden I looked up and there's a there's a lot of people working in our front office now what's <laughs> up with that so uh more stupid shit to come from ownership and we'll see what happens there enough of that unpleasantness let's talk about what's really unpleasant Doug the probably the most unpleasant thing that I could think of uh, outside of the obvious things like war and famine and racism and the destruction of our planet through man-made means, those are terrible things. But really close to that group, like just like fighting, scratching, decline to get into that group, the Los Angeles Dodgers. No, absolutely. They're human traffickers. We all know that. Yeah. They're slavers and they're yep. homophobes. <laughs> they're, they're colonizers. They're doing, they're doing colonialism in Uganda. Don't forget that. Yes. 
Yes, well, that's why I was calling them slavers, but your colonialism probably is is fairer. So that's right. But and you know the giants, we don't, we can't really uh, throw stones here. I mean, uh, pro fascism uh, for sure, right. and uh, I guess radical gentrifiers, or, or <laughs> I don't know what you want to call Mission Rock. I don't know. I don't know. Not quite a Venn diagram with a lot of overlap, but they're they're closer than I would like them to be. But they're even closer in the standings than I think anyone thought they would be right now. The Dodgers are not in first place, Doug. They're not in first place in the National League West. That's true. The, the Diamondbacks <laughs> have a three-game lead on the Dodgers. I am looking at the standings right now, and it is weird. I do not get it. They have a losing record so far in June. That's also weird. I think the weirdest thing, the Giants are only two and a half games back of the Dodgers in the middle of June. I don't understand this is happening. The Dodgers should be like 12 games up, just coasting because Zach McKinstry, the fourth, is is hitting three homers a game. Instead, it's Jason Hayward. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's, this is our why. little, yeah, this is our little mini series preview here. The Dodgers are still hitting like the Dodgers, but oh my God, they are not pitching anywhere close to what you would expect from the Dodgers. That's because Clayton Kershaw is really old. He's 35. He's still great, but he's he's also 35. And he is right now the best pitcher on the team, which was not the plan going into the season. Noah Syndergaard, had, they signed to a one-year deal in hopes of like, oh, we'll fix him. It's gone the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> he's on the IL. Julio Urias, the, the guy, I think he's hitting free agency at the end of the year. Tough lefty. Uh, he's on the IL right now. Dustin May was supposed to be, you know, one of their depth starters. He's on the IL right now. Tony Gonsolin was someone they wanted, I think, for the bullpen, and now they've 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 been forced to basically put him in the rotation, and he's been great. Uh, and they've got a rookie, Michael Grove, or they've got a I don't think he's a rookie, but a younger player. But their rotation is not quite a shambles. They're they're doing it. They've they're they're still slightly better than the Giants again because of Kershaw and also Gonsolin. But pitching-wise, they're still basically middle of the pack. And you know what? That's great because the Giants can actually hit middle of the pack pitching a little bit, Doug. That's true. They, that's kind of what they've been showing in St. Louis. You know, you give them enough chances and they'll put some runs up there. Um, and, the, you know, the Dodgers, they just haven't been great like we're used to them seeing. I mean, they do have Bobby Miller, who is apparently just going to give up one earned run every, you know, 50th inning. But otherwise, the, they're not the dominant team that anyone expected them to be, which is, you know, it's about goddamn time. For the season, their bullpen is in the bottom third by uh, wins above replacement. And I thought, well, maybe things have gotten a little bit better of late. And so I just did a quick little search of since May 15th, since when the series starts, it will be a month. So in the last month, the best bullpen in baseball, Doug, is the San Francisco Giants. Can't believe it. Just by wins above replacement. I know that. Yeah. And the 27th best bullpen in baseball are the Los Angeles Dodgers with a minus 0.3 wins above replacement. The Nationals raise the Rays and the Mets. I didn't say the Rays as twice. I just said it out of shock that the Rays, a team that is entirely bullpen, has the the worst bullpen in the national in the American League, and uh, the Dodgers have the third worst in the National League, uh, and that's over the last month. 
So this is yet another series where the Giants are like, they might be, because if you look at the pitching matchups, all of them are TBDs. So we don't know who's facing who yet. Logan Webb's going to pitch for the Giants at some point. I, I assume I assume they'll do something. Sean Manaya will pitch his bulk innings in some way. I'm not sure if Alex Woods, I think he's eligible. He might be coming back. But Kershaw is not pitching in this series. That's one of their best starters. So I don't know what the Dodgers' plan is there. It's one of those series. If if the Giants can either beat up on the starting pitching or hold on until they can get to the bullpen, they have a really good shot of winning the series. That's a weird thing to think about with the Dodgers. Yeah, we're not used to them winning the series against the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> I know they did. I know they did it a few times in in 2021, but uh, last year, I think they they swept one series and then they won like one other game against the Dodgers the whole year. So. That's that's more what we're used to that, you know, they play them tough and then they just kind of fall short. It'll be fun to see a good Giants team taking on a normal Dodgers team that isn't just going to throw out Justin Turner, every other hitter and have him double every other hitter, which is what they used to do. Doug, I'm going to do the Millhouse boss's voice. I don't recall saying the Giants were good. (laughs) <laughs> I said they were interesting, <laughs> I'm not sure. uh, but yes, they, they're certainly the roster right now. You know, actually I take that back because losing Hanniger and JD Davis is actually a, a pretty big blow. I would say as exciting as it is that Matos is up, uh, you still have to work around. JD Davis is such a threat just to hit the ball hard. He's still a guy on the team who hits the ball the hardest. Uh, so I'm a little concerned there. I like what Yastrzemski is is showing. He's showing some flashes of power we, we've seen against the Cardinals. The Cardinals pitching, not all that great, but it, it has been better in the last couple weeks. So it's that might be a, an equalizer. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Doug, I don't know if you know this or not. He's a really good baseball player. I've heard that. Yeah. He's having the second place. best season of his career by OPS plus right now. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Uh, Mookie Betts is uh, also up there. J.D. Martinez, both of them, they're basically 140 OPS plus players. Max Muncy, God, I hate that guy, who's somehow getting more votes uh, to play third base uh, in the All-Star game than J.D. Davis. It's it's absurd. The only reason why is because he has 18 home runs. He has a 191 average. One, it's His line with the 18 home runs, that's all he's hitting. He has 40 hits and 18 of them are home runs, Doug. And uh, he has a 111 OPS plus, 39 walks, five doubles. So he has 23 extra base hits out of 40 hits total. And he is a, a net loss on defense. And and yet people, just by virtue of Dodger Stadium getting more people on average, there, there being more Dodger fans, I think, uh, he has more votes. It's obs- it's obscene, and I want it to stop. So, <laughs> Ryan, I don't care for him. I, I don't care for him, and now that Justin Turner is gone, we I it's weapons free on just pure uncut hatred towards Max Muncy. Remember, I was very yeah, exactly. staunchly in the Justin Turner camp, uh, even though Max Muncy's right there, and he and he does kill the Giants. The Giants have uh, an, a lineup they can navigate pitching wise, and I say that quote unquote. Uh, Will Smith is just an absolute terror. So. The, the main thing is for the from the Giants side of things, because they're not putting their best three starters in like they did in the Cardinals series, I think only Logan Webb's going to be able to, yeah, only Logan Webb's going to appear in this series. 
it's going to behoove them to do what they've been doing, which is somehow getting by with the starting staff and hoping that the bullpen can bail them out, which is how they've been doing these comebacks lately. Yeah, uh, it's been a little worrying the way that the starting staff is uh, not great lately. So I don't want to make a prediction about the series, but maybe instead of like who's instead of who's going to win or or whatever, Doug, let's just leave it at let's predict one thing about one of the players, some incident, whatever. Puig's on the team anymore. Madison Bumgarner is on the team anymore. So, you know, that would be an easy prediction. I predict Yasiel Puig will piss off Madison Bumgarner. Can't do that anymore. Although I will predict that Madison Bumgarner will just randomly think of Yasiel Puig in the next couple weeks and get upset. So that that I will predict. <laughs> but like in the series, is there something that you feel confident in predicting? I think Ryan Walker is going to have a good series. All I right, the, I like that. The Dodgers, the Dodgers haven't seen him yet, um, and I think he's not that he's not going to still be good after a team has seen him more than once. But I think he gets a huge advantage that first time because uh, against a, a squad just because his his delivery is so funky, so weird, so different that he's going to be a little a little tough to pick up on. And I think he'll be able to take advantage of that. And the Giants will be able to take advantage of that. I'm going to make two predictions. I'm going to make uh, Patrick Bailey is going to throw out a, a base runner. And Blake Sable is going to hit a home run. Okay. Those are my two predictions. I like that. One, yeah. One thing I like about the Dodgers series, not all the time, but sometimes, and especially now that the Giants roster is slowly but surely, you know, transitioning into their own prospects, it's a chance for some of the younger players to jump right into the rivalry, right? So, you know, maybe Casey Schmidt gets hot suddenly because he's got that dog in him when it comes to being a Giant who hates Dodgers and it comes out. That would be great. I'd love to see that. I'm not going to make that prediction. I'm just saying in these series, sometimes that happens. And now we have several options that we didn't have before. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, some guys just become legends by having one good performance against the Dodgers uh, and they deserve it. You know, I mean, I think we all remember that Brandon Hicks hit a home run against Clayton Kershaw one time. Kelby Tomlinson hit a home run against Clayton Kershaw one time. Uh, would I remember either of them? If they hadn't done that, maybe Kelby, probably not Hicks. Mauricio Dubon. Mauricio Dubon. I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> There's um, also this, uh, remember that guy, Barry Bonds? He was really good against the Dodgers. It seems like he would always be up on those series. Um, and it was fun to watch. Sometimes he get, you know, he get hot and he really hit some home runs. Doug, do you know what you're writing about today? Uh, I think I'm just going to laugh at the Cardinals. I, th- I think there's a good market for that. And uh, it's it's been a while. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I was on uh, the Fans First Sports Network's Cardinals podcast, uh, Meet Me at Musial. And I went into it just talking about the Giants, but it was weird hearing the tone in their voice. And I, and I said what we said last week. It's like every summer, the Cardinals, boo-hoo. And then they're in the NLCS and they lose four games of two. Uh, and Grant even made that joke about it. <laughs> it'll be it'll be funny when these two teams meet in the NLCS later. But that was a really that series really did show that things are not well in St. Louis right now. Yeah, it was a just a pathetic showing by them. I mean, there's yeah. no there's no way around it. 
they should have they should have definitely obviously won uh Wednesday's game but they had a they had a shot on uh Monday I think too. yeah they had a shot on Monday for sure to, to win that game very it's very strange and it's there's not like an easy answer that I see just watching that I'm like okay and then that guy pitched okay and then he didn't that the team was hitting okay and then it didn't they can't play defense that seems to be like their bigger thing that seems to be the thing that's been hurting them a lot I mean, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Yadier Molina should be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's true. <laughs> Shining Buster Posey's uh, plaque. Sure, I. That's great. I, I support that. That'd be very nice of him. So we'll be back on Monday with a recap of the series. Yeah, we don't really do recaps. We're gonna find what was interesting or concerning about the Giants from this past week and any other news that's come up. Maybe there'll be another surprise prospect. I'm already seeing now Marco Luciano is, has gotten on the same uh, roller coaster car that Marco Luciano, uh, that um, Luis Montos and Casey Schmidt were just on. And now we're getting all of his highlights every day. So who knows? Uh, the Giants also need another pitching spot and Kyle Harrison, maybe it's him. I don't know. Well, that can change in four days with these Giants. It's wacky. So uh, we'll be back on Monday with an all-new episode. Until then, go Giants!